All right. It's Monday, 11 o'clock. Welcome to the Chaz Palmetary Podcast. We got a great guest today. But before I bring him on, I want to remind you all, January 29th, I am at the Paramount Theater in Huntington, Long Island. The Paramount Theater in Huntington, Long Island. Sunday, the 29th at 7.30. This is going to be a monumental show. We're going to film the show. So it's going to be a great show. All of a sudden, all of a, again, Wednesday, March 1st, 8 o'clock, we're going to be in Little Rock, Arkansas. Do you imagine me and Sandy Blue Eyes in Little Rock, Arkansas? If that ain't my cousin Vinny, I don't know what is. It's going to be a great show we're going to do. Uh, again, A Bronx Tale, the original one-man show. At the University of Arkansas, the Pulaski Center. Wednesday, March 1st. And Friday, March 3rd, San Antonio, Texas at the Empire Theater. 8 p.m., March 3rd, San Antonio, Texas. You can just go to chazpalmetary.net. Get tickets. We got the holidays coming, Christmas, New Year's. Don't forget, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. You can get photos. You, if you want to get, now you can't leave. I don't know, I said that once, and everybody talks about it for the past 30 years. Okay, and uh, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. Bronx Tale. What I feel like I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm in a uh, one of those guys on a boardwalk over here. Yes, don't forget. One of the great ones. It's a great gift for uh, your girlfriend. Here we go. Bronx Tale in the front. Now you can't leave Bronx Tale in the front. Everybody's been asking me for stuff. That's why I'm doing this Bronx Tale and. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. Now, our next guest, for those of you who know me and know my son Dante, we are big boxing fans, UFC fans. I love uh, UFC. I love, uh, you know, the Joe Rogan podcast. I love, uh, uh, you know, Daniel Cormier. I love, we always watch the fights. This is my first UFC fighter on. I thought I'm going to start bringing some of these guys on. I like to get Chuck Liddell on. You know, that's a, he's a guy I like to get. But he's a young fighter, but a great fighter. And uh, originally, he's from Jersey, and his name is Mickey Gall. Right? Mickey, yes, how sir. are you today? Yes, sir. I'm doing great. It's All a right. pleasure to be here. So, Mickey, I got I got to say something first. Go ahead. You seem to regretfully mention the now use can't leave. Well, yeah, well, I, you know, it's like every time I go on a plane, the pilot goes, now you can't leave. You probably hear it a lot. I hear it every day, 20 times a day. Listen, my family, that's like an inside joke in my family. Really? Like, yeah, if if uh, I'm telling you the other day, my cousin's playing with her dog and she, she grabs it and goes, now you can't leave. Like, oh, it's that's God. like, you know what I mean? Like, really? You, yeah, you shouldn't say that regretfully. That's a beautiful line. No, People no, no. love that. Well, we love that. That's a, you know what I mean? You know, that's, I wrote that line. I mean, it happened. I was there when the guy said it to him, when Sonny said it to the guy. You know, now you just can't leave. And it's something when you're a tough guy like these guys were, and you think you, you know, and then a guy just looks at you and says, well, now you just can't leave. I mean, when you say that to a tough guy and the guys, but I always remembered his face just changed when he told him that. It was yeah. like it was like he was feeling confident and good, and then and, he, and oh, then you shit. could see it in his eyes. Things got real. It got really real. And if, that's, that's a line in the show, you know. They realized they made that fatal mistake. This time they walked into the wrong bar. That happens, you know. It. I always thought about that, Mickey. I mean, you as a fighter, do do you ever get before the fight? Are you scared a little bit? Are you nervous? 
Absolutely. You are. I think there's either, if someone who says they're not is either crazy or a liar. Right. Because we're all just people. You know what I mean? We're all just people feeling the same emotions any other person would feel. You right. know? So yeah, you're absolutely, you re, you real. if you're intelligent enough, you realize what's at stake. Right. Like I'm going in there and I'm, I'm in little short, I'm practically in my underwear with the whole world watching. I'm, I could, I'm inside Madison Square Garden. You know, I could get knocked on my ass right now. Right. And you know, if you're going to, if you're, you know, and then at the same time, you're also nervous because you, all the things you want, like you picture when you're going through the, when you, when you're going like into a fight, like you're picturing all the, what, how good my life's going to be after that fight. I can't wait. Once I get this win, oh, it's going to be sweet. So you're, you're already saying, I'm going to beat <clears throat> this guy. You, if, if, if you don't believe that, you'd be crazy to get in there. You wow. know what I mean? You, you don't want to go out there to get your ass kicked. And I, I got to say, I, I was at fights um, two weekends ago. Right. And we, I, had a, I had a friend who didn't win. And after that, it's, all, it's like a funeral. It's really like a funeral. And I remember walking down into the back, like seeing other people who lose walk through to the back after the fight. Right. And I'm like, and as I'm walking back with my boy after he lost, I'm like, man, like, all right, I'm, I don't want this to be a funeral. I'm going to try and give some energy. There's nothing I could do or say. Because we're, it is a funeral for everything he thought he was going to be feeling, everything he thought that night was going to be. You're thinking about that night every day. Every day for months, however long the fight's booked for. Wow. And when it doesn't go your way, it's it's a shock to the system. It's a system. big letdown, yeah. It's a shock. It's, yeah, you, it's a funeral to what you thought you were going to be feeling, what you thought your life was going to be. No, but that takes the real fighter who can come back from that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, my dad used to say, you know, a great fighter comes back from defeat, you know? And, you know, it, and it's the amazing thing in, in combat sports. Not in any, like a, a, like a baseball player could have a bad day. Mm-hmm. Goes 0 for 5. Basketball player can go 2 for 10. But a fighter, unless my father, my father was a really knowledgeable man. My father, Lorenzo. And he used to say, boxing is the only sport, because back then it was just boxing, it wasn't UFC. He said that a fighter could lose a fight really bad, get really beat up bad, and it's never the same again. Absolutely. And that's 100%. amazing. You're never the same. Yeah. You're, from, not from, only is your wealth on the line, like your money, but your health is on the line. Right. You step in there and like, you, yeah, there's people who have taken beatings and, you know, they've never, never been the same. They can't take a punch the same way. Yes. Or even their, so that, and that's, that's just one, uh, like symptom. Like there's people whose right. their confidence could be broken. Exactly. There's so, there's so many possible symptoms and possible fallouts of taking, you know, a beating like that and getting in there. And, and that's, and that's why, I th- you know, everyone says fighters should be given respect. Meanwhile, we like, you'd be surprised how disrespectful some of the, the fans could be. You'd really? be shocked. I think you would be shocked because, you know, you grew up in, you know, in the fight game, knowing the fight right. game, your father was a trainer. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure you, you know, you've seen most people with respect, but oh, you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. At, at the they fighters? You like, yeah, yeah, like, well, the fans, like the online fans, the same people right. who, if they saw you in person, yeah, online. Up, ask for a picture, but then you lose a fight, oh, you're a piece of shit. Oh, you're, yeah, you're online they say that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, never to your face. Never to your face. Oh, no, come on. Yeah, now, not. did you always want to be a fighter, or was this just something that just kind of evolved? Um, I, I always kind of loved it. I guess growing up, my first thing, I wanted to, I wanted to be a football player. You had brothers? No, I was the oldest. I had I have one little sister and then I have two little baby sisters now. But growing up I was the oldest. My dad was a big guy, big charismatic guy. He tried out for the Giants. He was a, a football player. Wow, okay. Um and 
so I, I, you know, I started with football, and when I was 13, I decided, to, you know, I always liked the rough stuff. I always liked the contact sports. Well, you were a tough kid? Yeah. A tough kid, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like a street fighter. I wasn't a bully. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I wasn't like out, out there causing trouble too much. Right. Uh, a little bit, but not, not much. Really no, not I, much. I, I get it. You I know? get it. Yeah. I wasn't, I, you know, so I, uh, I was always a good football player. I was a captain of my football team in high school, but, right. but when I was 13, I started boxing. And nice. just because I liked the contact, like I liked yeah. the rough stuff. And then when I was 16, I started doing jujitsu because I started to become a fan of MMA, UFC, stuff like right. that. And then once I started doing that, I felt like I was free. Like I felt like I was doing what I was supposed to do. Wow. Yeah. So I, and then I ended up going to Rutgers, uh, which was like 20 minutes from my house. Big football school. Big football school. But oh. I went and I, I did MMA. I would drive to my, to my different gyms every day. So I'll drive to New. I was going from New Brunswick. I'll drive to Whippany at AMA Fight Club, and I'll go to my home gym, Gracie, New Jersey, in Lebanon. Wow! So I would barely go to class, go to the gym two times a day. Right. Graduated in four years. No big deal. No big deal. But <laughs> and then you started. Uh, so how many? How, how many? How many fights have you had? Um, let's see. I've had eleven in the UFC. Right. I had so so. I have actually have an interesting case yeah. where. Um, I had my first pro fight. So I had like amateur fights before that. Right. I won all those. And then I had my first pro fight. Dana White was at my fight. Right. So I'm like, I, I remember I, when I hear that, I'm like, all right, how do I make the most of this? Like Dana White's probably not going to be in my second regional fight. Cause you know, these low, low level pro fights, yeah. um, you know, it's, there's not a lot of exposure. It's kind of almost like a, a bringer show or, you know what got I mean? It, it's, it's smaller. It, yeah. So I find out Dana White's going to be my first pro fight. So immediately I'm like, how do I make the most of this? So I remember there was this professional wrestler called CM Punk who had just got signed to the UFC. Didn't have right. an opponent or anything. So immediately when I hear Dana's there, I'm like, I'm going to toss up a Hail Mary. I'm going to call out the CM Punk guy. So I beat uh, my <laughs> opponent fairly quickly in like two minutes. Right. Get on the microphone. And I say to Dana, I'm like, hey, man, it's an honor to fight in front of you. I would love to fight that man CM Punk. And then I go, as I leave the ring, I shake his hand. I'm like, hey, man, like, 1-0 and 0-0, that's a like record. So for the commission to allow fights, you have to have a similar record. Like, if I called out the champion, like, who was Robbie Lawler right. at the time, they'd be like, shut up, kid. Yeah, exactly. Idiot? Yeah, it's not right. Yeah, yeah of course, I you agree. can't fight him. But right. I was like, yeah, maybe there's a chance. So I shook Dana's hand. I signed a release. I don't hear anything for, like, about a month. So I'm, like, I'm at home trying to book my next pro fight, right. local, regional fight. And me and my dad are watching the pay-per-view. It's uh, Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald, I believe, or maybe yeah. Carlos Condit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's a commercial for this new show Dana White's doing, and it's all about me. No really? one said a word to me. Me and my dad are recording the screen with our cell phones. And we're like, it was so surreal. Like our, my mind was blown. We're like, we're, we're, our, our phones are blowing up. Everyone's so calling us. Fight this guy? So, so it ends up they just put up the commercial. So I get on Twitter like later that day. I call him out again. I get a call from Dana White a couple of days later. Right. And he's like, hey, if you beat, we have a, a guy for you to fight. If you beat him, you get to fight CM Punk. Uh, I was like, okay, when's the fight? He's like, two weeks. I'm like, okay, I'm there. So I fight this guy two weeks later. I beat him in 45 seconds. Drop him with the first punch I throw. Choke him out. Yeah. They bring CM Punk in the ring, the big famous wrestler. And then I end up fighting him in September. So you're going to fight him now? No, I already fought him. You beat him? I beat him very handily, very quickly. Nice. And then I used that. I called out a different guy, and you right. know, then I was I was off to the races. So that that was uh that was you know ten UFC fights ago. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Now, 
I mean, you, you look like a nice. You, obviously, you're you're really handsome guy, young guy. Thank you. But when you're in a car and, and you, somebody wants to tells you to get out of the car and they want to fight you, you, you try not to do that, right? Oh, of course not. Well, I think any. I mean, you're any professional. Real, you can't. Any, well, no one can punch anyone. It's assault all around. You exactly, know what I mean? If right. anyone hits anyone, but, but if uh, they hit you, then it's different. Oh yeah, then uh, yeah. I, I look. I don't look for. I don't look for trouble. I any. I think real fighters. You should be exhausted from what you did at the gym, right? You know what I mean. You should be. It's you. Sh you shouldn't want to go get your rocks off fighting. Uh, let's a call a civilian. Right. You know what I mean. Someone who doesn't right. train. Yeah. Um. But there's been a couple times I've had to be some. Uh. The personal form of karma. Right. You know, someone starts. Uh. You know, mouthing off or getting a little aggressive. I've. Uh, you, you, put them in their place before. By choking. But not very often. By choking them out sometimes. I uh, mean, popping them in the face once. And, and, leave, and then leaving the scene as quickly as possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> like my dad used to say, there are people in this world who go around begging to be slapped. And sooner or later, somebody slaps them. Yes. And yeah. that's a, I think that's actually a blessing for the world. Maybe they won't be a, a jerk anymore. Yes. You do that. I think, so, you know, that, that's something Gerard likes to say. Sometimes it's nice yeah. to be someone's karma, right? I just told Chucky, I just told uh, Chuck Zito. The great Chuck Zito. The great Chuck, legend Chuck Zito. Amen. About my... Um, my uncle was a fighter, my uncle Dom, and he was a, a professional fighter. And uh, a guy, get, my father and him were in a car, and a guy gave my uncle the finger. You know, they mm. would cut him off or something. He gave him the finger. And my uncle chased him from Cross Bronco Expressway to, I think it was uh, Connecticut, all the way to Connecticut, 22 miles. My father kept yelling, Dom, you got to stop. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. He caught him, finally caught him at a, at a traffic thing where there's traffic, pulled him out of the car, and said to him, give me the finger now. Show me. Come on. Give it to me. And he didn't hit him, but he bounced his head on maybe the can uh, on the ground a little bit. And my dad said, you could bet Go that guy him. never gave the finger to anybody ever again. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Yeah, you don't, people don't know who's in that car that yeah. they're flipping off. I've been hey. flipped off plenty of times. Yeah. I'm like, off. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, should we pull over? Should we go? Over? Yeah, no, I know. They don't want I that. I mean, look, and I, I, every time I always think about it, I mean, if you, you know Bronx Tale, the movie, I was nine years old. I saw this guy kill a man over a parking space. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't the parking space, but it looked like it was. It looked like it was about a parking space, but it wasn't later on. Mm. I found out, but you never know who's Absolutely. in the car. So be, be resp and. Regard, yeah, there, it's good from that fear aspect, kind of yeah. like you, you. But just why, why not? People should be nice to everybody because you never know, like what kind of shitty day that person's having, what right. type of tough, you know, life they're having. Right. They could have just got broken up with. Right. Might as well, like I, I, and I, I truly believe that. Like I, I'm anywhere I go, I'm not gonna try and bring anyone down. Yeah. I'm gonna always try and like uplift and be kind, and you know what I right. mean. No, I no, think, that's great. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's definitely a lot of pricks out there. Like though. I taught my son how to fight. But I taught him how to fight. I said, I'm teaching you how to fight so you don't fight. Mm. I mean, that's actually what I said. To my father said the same thing to me. I'm teaching you how to box. I was four years old. I said, come here, hit, hit, jab, jab, right hand. You know, he used to put his hands up like that. And then I got all, and I just loved the sport. I, I never wanted to be a fighter. I didn't have it. I didn't have that, like, you know, uh, killer thing. You know, I just, I love the training aspect of it. Mm. You know? It's a fun uh, way to work out. It's a fun way to work out, and it's a great exercise, and... Um, I like. I used to like to spar a little bit with the headgear on. I don't spar anymore because I do the show and I don't want to get hit in the face. Yeah, hey, can't ruin the money maker ruin over the money here. Maker, right. <laughs> I'm in a movie. I'm doing a film. You know, I can't. Can't be walking in with black eyes. I can't eyes. do that. Yeah. But my son likes to spar, and my son. But the amazing thing about it is, my son, when he was, I think, 11 or 12, he he, he did a little role with Hoist Gracie. With Hoist. Tremendous. You know, 
and he just obviously Hoist was just teaching them, and he played with them, and and he learned a lot, my son. And then he picked it up. Now he picked it up, Gracie Jiu Jitsu again, but he's so great with his hands, and now he's he's getting, you know. But he's just a white belt in Jiu Jitsu, you know. But I, I was telling you before, I was kidding around with him and rolling with him, and uh, you know, I, I can't beat my son anymore. You know, he just was that hard. Was that hard to, to I, no, pass I, the torch, I, so yeah, to speak? Yeah, well, I mean, I just, I, I, I kind of roll with him a little bit. And, I, you know, I'm not, a, I don't know jujitsu, you know. I box, you know. Well, after I, the podcast, I'll show you a couple of tricks. Yeah, maybe maybe he, you can retake that throne. He just, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know what it was? Because he trains. He, he really, I mean, I work out. He trains. He rolls. Yeah. He goes to Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in, um, in Beverly Hills. Okay. Because he lives right down the block from them, so he trains with them. And he just says, yeah, Dad, I go like three, three, four times a week, and I love going. And he loves it. Him and his girlfriend go. They go all the time. Good for them. And But, man, but he, but I couldn't I couldn't maneuver him. You know, he just, like you said, there's tricks, you know. He you learn leverage. Lo you learn balance. You, balance. you basically, jujitsu is you learn how to, like, pretty much dominate a human body. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? You you learn their tendencies and the way their body's shortcomings. Or if the arm can't bend this way, okay, I can make the arm bend this way to move you this way. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's I I I always say if you have a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, which is about a year to a year and a half of like steady practice, you basically have a superpower over and you know, over 95% of people on, on the earth. On the street. Just yes, the yes, 95% of people just walking. Like you could walk into a mall and kind of feel like a shark among seals where if something pops off, you yeah. know, you know, you're going to be able to handle yourself. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that jujitsu, that's what I started when I was 16 and I, and the same lineage as your son, a Gracie jujitsu school. I don't call it. A lot of people call it Brazilian jujitsu. I call it Gracie jujitsu because right. it's the style that the Gracie's did. I learned under David Adib, who's like a second father to me. Right. Uh, I've been doing it for now. I think it'll be 14 years in wow. September. Um, so, I, you know, I've been very, like, very, or, no, it was just 14 years. It'll be 15 years in September. 15 years. And what, yeah. and what, and what I'm a black belt. I've, yeah, been, black I've been a black belt. belt. And jujitsu, like, I don't want to say it saved my life, but, like, it, it gave me, like, like structure and discipline. And it, uh, it was, like, therapy for me in the beginning. Right. Like, uh, kind of in the beginning of my training, I, my, uh, so my sister's actually, she's over eight years sober. But around when I started, it was I was it was very helpless. She was struggling. She had like an oxycontin addiction, Oof, and it yeah. was it was uh, you know, she was kind of going in and out of rehabs. And jujitsu was was like it was like my therapy. Like I couldn't think about either my problems or the problems with my family and the stuff you know we were dealing yeah, with. Because yeah, yeah. when someone's trying to choke you, you got you kind of got to be focused here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was like so it was like physical. Like the the training was so helpful and. Uh, yeah. You know, just mentally, like everything, like it was, it was tremendous for me. Kept me out of trouble, kept me on a straight line, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll never stop doing jujitsu. I mean, the thing that's remarkable, and I, you know, I, I love reading about, I, I read all about the Gracies, and and I read about how great Hickson was. Oh yeah. And the thing I read about him is, and they, and they talked about it. They said that Hickson, that he would tell black belts, black belts, get me in a choke, lock it in. And then, I, I'm telling you, this is what they said. He would tie his hands, and he'd get out of the choke. I don't know how that's possible. Me neither. I don't know in God's name. I mean, Joe Rogan said it. I mean, Joe Rogan is legit. He's yeah. a legitimate tough guy, too. You know? Sure. Oh, yeah. And 
he said, and my Ed O'Neill, Ed O'Neill, of course, uh, from he's a legitimate black. He's a black belt, yeah. And he told me, he said Hickson would say, "Okay, let's roll." He goes, "I'm going to get you in a left arm bar in the next minute." He would tell you, yeah, yeah, try and stop it, try and stop it, and he'd do it. So yeah. what made him so special? What made him so great was that, and his father said it. His father said it, and the other Helio. brothers said it. Helio, yeah. They said that what made him so great was he wasn't afraid to go into the deep water, and he, he just knew he can get out. Yeah. I will get out. Mm-hmm. He will get five black belts, fight them all in a row. Yeah. What's your favorite hole? That's your favorite? Get me in it yeah. and get out. Yes. How, cause, how is that possible, Mick? It's possible. I think also at that time, I don't think – I think lately jiu-jitsu has also evolved. Right. Tremendously, where I think if like a like a mo- if like uh I almost don't want to say because I would never want to disrespect uh, Hickson yeah. by any means. Like right. Hickson's a like a role model idol to me. He, right. he used to my teacher David Adiv. Hickson yeah. called him the brain. It was like one really? of his. He he taught really? Hickson. You know Hickson's like in my lineage. Him and Hoyler Gracie. Yeah, right. But I feel like nowadays, if you put a locked in choke and really hit the arm and did that stuff. And had the hooks in or, or a body triangle. Yeah. It's going to be pretty hard to get out. But then again, Hickson's magic. So I can't even... I, even can't. as I'm saying it, I can't even say it. Hick, no, Hickson's magic. Anything, he, he, he might get out. If Hickson says he did it, he did it. He did it. I mean, they all said it. That yeah. it, it was that. It was, it's, it, it's absolutely tremendous. But Jiu-Jitsu has also, and because of the Gracies, has evolved tremendously. Right. In, in, uh, and, it, and it'll continue to evolve. Right. It's, you know, it's a, when, it's a, when I was bouncing in Manhattan, I was bouncing in Manhattan, and and, and again, like I said, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a tough guy, but I, I could handle myself very well. And the only guy that got the best of me was this guy. I went to he he, he pushed my arm and I grabbed my I went to throw a right hand and he sh- he shot down on me, got my hand my legs and boom and then jump and then hold guard on me. Mm. And I never forgot it because when he got on top of me, I tried to move him, like roll him over. And it was like I was trying to push a, a building. I could not budge. Yeah. I mean, budge yeah. him. And then I found out later he was an all-American wrestler. I, I could have I guessed. He yeah. shot the double and yeah. then knew how to distribute his weight heavily so that it, yeah, I absolutely. Mean, he, it's a helpless feeling, huh? Helpless. Yeah. Helpless, and thank God the rest of the bouncers, the cavalry came and yeah, we took care. I mean, of it wasn't good for him after that. It wasn't that. good for him, but he could have beaten. But yeah. if I was alone, yeah, I had no shot. But you see, that's a beauty in jujitsu too. Jujitsu, if you're on your back, and this is why I have like I have little sisters. And yeah, every every female I know, I hope does jujitsu. Right, because they're the the positions you get into. the The idea of jujitsu is for a smaller person to be able to beat a bigger person in a fight. So it's very leverage dependent. Right. So one of the positions, like the guard, that's kind of not to be crude, but that's missionary position, so right. to speak. That's yeah. a possible rape position. Yes. But from that position, uh, you can learn how to break someone's posture so they, they can't punch you. And then from there, you can you, you could break their arm or choke them out with a triangle yeah. or, or maneuver to their back where you can choke them out. Like jujitsu is very empowering, not just for men, but for women as well to keep themselves safe. If there was ever a situation like that where a man was putting hands on a female... I hope they have jujitsu because right. I know they'll they'll be able, be able to fare better uh, for themselves. And by the way, um, 
Your son's Dante is his name? Dante, yes. He, I, I, uh, I told your wife he's got to come to my gym. Next time he's back home for Christmas, we're going to take good care of him. So shout out to Dante. He's going to come. He come to my gym in, in Jersey. Okay. You know I mean? Oh, we'll, he loves we'll, it. We'll meet up and yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll take his, good his care of him. His girlfriend, they both do it. They both they love yeah, it. Yeah, bo- both of them are more than welcome. We'll take the best care of him. Oh, no, yeah. that's great. He would love that. Yeah. He, would, he taught me how to do, and I, it would really worked. Because me, my friend and I were kidding around. I said, look at this thing my son taught me. And it was so weird because I was on top of him and I was holding God on him and he got me in an Ezekiel choke. Yeah, that one. Yeah, he got me and all of a sudden I was like, I'm on top of you. Yeah. And he got me in an Ezekiel choke and I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm stunned by Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I really am. I, th- I think it's it's a beautiful thing. And and the, the community is very, it's a very strong community too because... A lot of times, if someone goes in there and has too big of an ego, right. they leave the first day because they can't handle getting walking into a room where everyone can kick your ass. The first day you walk into a, into a jiu-jitsu uh, room right. or even like a boxing gym, you, everyone in there can whip your ass. But what they do is they'll, they'll gently do it and they'll be like, hey, good job. Hey, next time do this. Next time do this. Yeah. And then, the, the, then when you, if you stick around, you want to be the same way. So then you start getting good and you see the new guy come in and you want to take him under your wing and be like, hey... Like do do this, and then you'll gently beat them, and the, the and you know what I mean. And then you're like, it's it's very empowering, you know. You it's, build it's people just up. It's fascinating to me how the advantage that you have. It's tremendous. I had a guy who I bounced with, a uh, great guy, my friend Mark, and he was like eleventh in the world in judo. Mm. He went to the Olympics. Strong okay? guy. Strong guy. Six two, two forty five. Oof, that's a handful. And loved to fight. <laughs> oh, loved to fight. My style. Love to fight. So I said to him once, uh, we finished the shift and we're hanging out in the back, working out a little bit. I said, Mark, show me some things. He goes, oh, I said, no, 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 no. Come on. You know, and, you know I'm 62 and you know, I didn't weigh 245, but I weigh 200 and, I'm, and I work out. I'm a strong guy. If I tell you, he treated me like I was a child. He ragdolled you a little bit, huh? Like, Pushed me around like I was a child, a fucking child. Dude, I like felt I was guys' a, strength. It's I, I, I was a piece of with. tissue paper. Yeah. Do you understand? So I that's do. When, that's when you say that when you're a blue belt, you feel like this guy was a black belt in judo, fought in the Olympics. Mm. He said, "No, no. If I grab this, and and, yep. and I'm like, no matter what I did, I was tissue paper." Yes. He just ragged me all over the place. And I was like... Those guys' grips are so strong. Like the like, hands. Yeah, yeah he had these oh. hands. Like, he told and me... they're he, thick. They got like the thick yeah. backs and the... Yeah, he would walk around with 50-pound plates, you know, just for his it. grip. Yeah. Just walk around and his grip, when he grabbed me... He you just felt that, grabbed right? me. And this was... He wasn't... <clears throat> he, he still trained, but he wasn't like in his, the shape he was when he fought in the Olympics. I'm telling you, man. You know what is interesting about judo and jujitsu? Yeah. So they use the gi, right? You're yes. familiar with the gi? Yes. Um, the you know the white robe looking thing. So what that is used for is to simulate clothing. Like right now, I'm wearing this. Like you could grab inside here and grab inside here on me and choke me out with yes. my own shirt. You could also a judo guy for standing. You could grab me, throw me over, spike my head in the concrete, yes. and you know put me out if like a, a fight were to break out because. You know, all humans are wearing clothing so pretty much. So that's why they... Oh. That's why I wear it, to simulate clothing. So there's all these chokes you could do right from here. 
You know what I mean? You could wrap it around. Yeah, he did that to me, my son. He went in here and did something and just... Yeah, just pulling the shirt. Five seconds, you could be sleeping. Five seconds, I'm going. That's that's one thing I love about uh, chokes. Like, me personally, I prefer chokes to, like, arm bars or leg locks. Right. Because if someone gets me in an arm bar in, like, a a UFC fight, they're going to have to break it, and then I'm going to pull it out, and I'm going to hit them with it. Really? But if if I get them in a choke, they go to sleep. Fight's over. They fights, go, over. I, fights over. There's no, there's no, you can't pretend to be awake. I can pretend to not have a broken arm, but I can't pretend to still be awake because you cut off the carotid arteries. Right. Blood flow slows down to the brain. You go night, night. I mean, it's amazing how no one ever died from a choke in the UFC. The, well, luckily the refs, uh, and I've choked like a fair amount of people out before, but you, you would need to hold that for like minutes to hurt to someone. Kill them. Yeah. To, to kill them, to give them like, I would say, yeah. yeah, probably, probably like, probably minutes, yeah. minutes to kill them, minutes to give them brain damage or anything right. like. But usually, like that. as but soon as the person goes a little, right as well, they go limp, they, they either tap or, or if you, you know, they're too. A lot of guys are too tough and too proud to tap. Right. Um. You know, they go to sleep, and the ref will is trained to instantly pick up on that and make sure the UFC is actually a little is a little safer than boxing, and it sounds surprising. But the reason is in the UFC, if you get hit hard enough yeah. or you like seem like you're really like out, right, they'll, yeah. they'll wave off the fight. In boxing, you get hit. You, they give you time. to They give you 10 seconds where, where no one's going to – like in the UFC, they drop you. You jump on them, hit them, hit them. They go to sleep. It's over. In boxing, you get hit. The ref pulls you away. You get 10 seconds to clear the cobwebs. And then, boom, you get to go back into another car right. accident of bones into wow. your face. So those guys really take more brain trauma and more boxing. more de- boxing t- is, and, well, is more assume, dangerous. Even the training, you're taking hits to the head. Of course, you don't train when you fight UFC. You you spar with gloves on. Boxing? We do, we do we actually use so typically if you're gonna go hard and are gonna swing hard at each other, we wear 16 ounce 16 boxing ounce, gloves. Right, right. But we also you know we when we fight we have to replicate what we do the most. So we have we wear little gloves but are puffy, so they're about this big and maybe about like. Maybe about six to ten ounces. Uh, yeah. Ten ounces would kind of be better. They're, they're, uh, Sanibal makes a great glove that's very right. puffy. And you can kind of, you could throw a little bit of that. But still, we're controlled. Because you don't want to, it's pretty easy to knock someone out. When you, you hit f- someone in the chin like this. Yeah, when you fight, they use four-ounce gloves, right? We use four-ounce gloves, yeah, in the UFC. It, and it's wow. mo- mostly just knuckle protection. It's more knuckle protection than protection for the other person. Like, we could kick someone with our shin in the head, too. Would you, you know? say your stand-up is better than your, your ground game or your or the same? Um, I would probably say, and people would say my ground game is better than my stand-up. And I, 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 uh, and you boxed I when you were young. I, yes, I boxed when I was young. And my, my stand-up has developed a lot. Like when I first got in the UFC, yeah. like I said, I was, I was only 1-0. Oh. My, my stand-up was not uh, nearly as good as my ground game. Right. But since I've gotten there, I've worked super diligently. And, right. You know, I, I absolutely, I, you know, now I'm elite on my feet standing up too, but that's taking a lot of work. But, uh, I right. have this, I got the second most rear naked chokes. You know, that move is yes. rear naked choke. Yeah. I have the second most in the division. My next one, I tie it. The one after that, I, what's I your beat division? It. One, the welterweight. Welterweight. So the champion now is who? Uh, what's his name? Who's Who just beat Leon Edwards? Just beat uh, Kamara Usman. Remember that That's head right, kick? That, that kick. Yes. That is. Um, Usman was beating him for the whole fight. That's the fight game. That's the beauty of it. It ain't over till it's over. And then all of a sudden, boom! One kick. Night night. Nighty night. Crazy. I mean, you get hit with a kick. That's worse than a punch, right? 
Typically, yes. I would say so. So I think I would say a kick, I, the worst thing to get hit with, I would think, is an elbow or a knee. Because if you think about it, think about the surface oh, area, yeah. right? And uh, just the heart. This is a big hard thing. Like I could smash my elbow into this table 20 times. It'd be fine. I start hitting my knuckles or even my, you know, my foot or my shin. Yeah. It's not so bad. But I, the thing is, with the human body, we're just, we're, if, if, uh, if, if I was standing over here looking at these posters on the wall and your daughter came up and went boom to my chin, she could knock me down. It's just the human body. You get hit here hard yeah. enough, your equilibrium goes, you, you fall to the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, you could, so I think precision is kind of the main thing. If you can really touch someone the right way yeah. in their chin that to chin. jaw them, that's, that's going to put them down. Yeah. But uh, yeah, big hard kick. Yeah. Like we were talking about the liver shots earlier. Oh. Like there's so love many, shots. there's so many ways to do it. The sport's so dynamic. And that's what I really love about the UFC and MMA yeah. in general. Yeah. You I know? saw Joe Rogan. Uh, he was Taekwondo. I saw yeah. him do kicks. And I said, if this man ever kicked me like that, I'm dead. I'll die. Shoot him. I mean, <laughs> no, take out the gun, babe. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his kicks were vicious. Yeah. Vi I mean, oh yeah. Remember when, what's his name? The Oberim? Oberim. Brock Lesnar? Mark, 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 Yeah. Brock Lesnar oh, shot? Yeah, right in the... Oh, I, absolutely. See, he just I, went... I, yeah. uh, 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 down. Shut your body down. And Shoot. that's a tough man. It's like a 275-pound animal. Mm -hmm. You get hit there, I don't care. You can't... It's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, what I've heard about the liver shot yeah. is that your liver is like... Um, is like is detoxifying your body, right? So right. a lot of toxins go through that. So, and this could be bro science. So someone out there, I'm sure will let me know if I'm wrong, right. but I hear it gets hit. It kind of squeezes like a sponge. And then it, and the reason why there's a little delay yes. is because then the, those toxins get filled into your blood and your body's like, Oh fuck. And it like I'd shuts down. Wow. You know what I, I mean? actually think that's how Houdini died. Houdini? Yeah. Really? He got Liver punched shot? in the stomach. Yeah. He got punched in the stomach really? and then went performed a show and then died. Really? That's very possible. And man. I think it's because yeah, I remember of that. he used to do that. He used to be like, he would stand there and take shots, right? right? No, would, like, but this, was, this was one where he wasn't prepared for. It was a sucker punch. That's the difference. Oh, shit. I oh, mean, do you train to it. get hit in the liver? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, a little bit. Actually, this is one of the... I've, we, so, yes, you should always do body conditioning. Yes. Which means you should be... We, we, I'll stand there and I'll get kicked in the leg, kicked in the leg, kicked in the leg. I'll get punched in the stomach, punched in the stomach, right. punched in the stomach, punched in the stomach. And I'll stand there and just like, just like breathe through it. And it's kind of fun. You know what I mean? But it, especially going into a fight, yeah. going into, <laughs> I know I probably sound a little crazy, but yeah. going into a fight, you gotta, yeah. you, you could, cause you can condition your body. Can't right. condition your brain, they say. Right. But I think when you're like, when you, you know, do enough fighting, like you kind of, you are, you're built a little bit different, yeah. differently. But you stand there, yeah, you take shots in the stomach, take, get kicked in the leg right. to harden you up because if, if you don't, you'll get hit in the fight and be like, oh my gosh, what was that? You got to be used right, to it. Right. You, know I mean? yeah. you have to condition yourself. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, I train with uh, guns. I'm a, I'm a big gun person. You know, three guns, shoot pistols, rifles, long range. I do that. That's an even better superpower than jujitsu, by the way. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want to do that. <laughs> but I remember training. I trained with the, with the, uh, I trained with the Mossad. I trained with the FBI. And uh, it was really great. I enjoyed doing it. And I remember the FBI guy said to me, I said, why do you go through all these uh, uh, training of things coming up, you know, people, then it's a good person, bad person as you walk through a thing? Because I did it, and it was very difficult. Right. And he said to me, you can't go there 
I wish I could say it right. You can't go there physically till you go there in the mind. Uh. Once you see it and develop it, that when it does happen, you go, oh, I've been here before. This is okay. Just like you said, I've got these kicks. Yeah. You- and now you kick me in the fight. And oh, no, I, I felt that before. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and that's what training's all about. You know, it's, um, it's, it's like you, you told me before, uh, Mickey, you said everything has to slow down. Everything slows yes, down sir. when you're a real fighter. Yes. Everything slows down. I have to ask you this one thing. Now, I don't know the Paul brothers. I don't know them. Never met them. Uh, I like what they're doing. I think it's good for. I think it's good for the sport. Yeah. You know, some people. You know, they criticize them. I don't. I think it's good for the sport. I think. Hey, whatever you can do to make money, I go. I'm okay with that. Yeah. God bless. I mean, they're right? legitimate. They box. They look like a legitimate fighters to me. Yeah. But I mean, and I don't want to start any trouble or anything, but. Do you think I mean you 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 could fight the Paul brothers? What do you think about that? Um, to be honest, I am certain that I would beat both the Paul sisters in <laughs> one night. If they fought MMA and did my my sport, what I do, them. I could I could beat them both in under ten minutes. Now they have beaten. Not I mean, yeah. if they if they're gonna come at me two on one, it's gonna be a little tougher. No, but no one, one on one, one, one on one. Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. Just now, a time in the presses. Now, the people they fought, I mean, they fought some legitimate guys, but they were kind of over their prime, wouldn't you say? They, I, yeah, they, they definitely fought tough guys. And I'll be honest, I thought they were going to lose from the beginning. I thought Ben Askren was going to beat them. Right. But I, I think uh, they've looked impressive. I thought Jake Paul's looked really good. I think them having the means to be able to train hard and work with great coaches you know, because of their YouTubes and Disney right. stuff right. they have, yeah. you know what I mean? I think they've, they've taken it seriously and done a good job for themselves. Hmm. And when they who he knocked out the other guy, what's his name? Uh, Askren, and he knocked out Tyron Woodley, Tyron which I was Woodley. shocked Tyron by. Woodley. Which I was he, shocked he, this by. This guy was a tough guy, bro. So I gotta give I gotta give credit to them. Actually, we were talking about this on uh, right. on my podcast. Yeah, Slick and Thick, the one I do with our friend Gerard Michaels. Did a- Anderson Silva fight them too? Anderson Silva just fought them. And what happened? He lost. He lost as well. Lost the decision. I, I I'm confused. I, hey, I, I think these. I think the like. I think the kids are good. There's a lot of jeal- uh, fighters who are jealous. I I think they're good too. And you know, God bless them. They change the game. They're making a lot of money for themselves and making money for their opponents. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean the other guys are making money too. So I think absolutely. it's okay. I, I'm okay with it. I like it. In fact, yes. No, I think I I think they're doing uh, really good. I think they're good fighters. With that said, I would twist them both into pretzels. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> all right, all right. You man. know about that Gracie Jiu-Jitsu stuff, Chad. Come I'm, on, that Jiu-Jitsu shit is real, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, I would give them a little lesson in Jiu-Jitsu, in jiu-jitsu. jazz. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, if they fought some of these guys with you, you, UFC rules, they would lose, probably. For sure. When you say for sure, for sure, it's a different sport. It's, it's a different it's, sport. It's apples and oranges. Now, do you have your? I hear you. You have your own podcast, right? Yes, it's called Slick and Thick. Slick. What do you think of that name? Slick. I like it. Slick and thick. I'm slick. Gerard's thick. Uh, Gerard Michaels. Gerard Michaels, Stand our friend. Comic. Yes, Gerard Michaels. yes. The the great Gerard Michaels. The great Gerard Michaels. Who yes. we're going to have on. Okay. Yes, and we one. Yeah, we got to get. You, we'd have to get you on there one oh, time yeah. when it if it was ever you know when it's convenient for well, you. Yeah, no, we'll do it together and uh, we'll have some fun. Slick and shit. thick. I yeah, like slick it. and thick. What is the name of your gym in Jersey? 
Gracie, New Jersey. Gracie, New Jersey. And yes, we, we're going to welcome Dante and his girlfriend. I would love for you to come if you felt oh, like making the drive. Are you kidding me? No, come on. We would know, love I'm not to train, but I'll we'll, watch a No, nah, we'll, we'll take great care of you guys. Yeah, so yeah. I would love to have you guys. It'd be a real yeah, honor. Yeah, no, no, no. You let me know when you're so back. So I got to tell Jersey. you. Yeah, go I got to tell you. So when I, I was just with my family for Thanksgiving, right. we have a, I have a whole family full of Chaz P fans. Come on! I'm dead serious. I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass no, you here. No, but no, look, that's all right. we got we got you. We got a lot of fans uh, in Jersey. My uh, so my grandparents grew up on uh, 216th Street and Gun Hill Road. Sure. In uh, in the Bronx. In the Bronx. Wow. Right. I uh, big fans of. And now I haven't heard my my uncle Freddie give too much credit, but when he was like talking about seeing your one man show. Yeah, he was so impressed. He was like oh, the well, talent, the talent, like of, of all, just all how dynamic you are, of all the different things you oh, do. Oh, well, thank you. And that I uh, well, you, we, gotta, you got some you big have a, fans. You are uh, when you want to come and see the show, you let me know. I uh, absolutely. Anytime you go to chasbomatery.net, any show you want to make, you want to come and see it. I'll be there. You be there. I'll take care of it, man. I'll be there. Really, but I'm gonna have Dante and Chloe and myself, and my wife. She won't like to come. We're gonna come out and visit your gym. Now, do you have something to. coming up you want to talk about? I don't anything? have anything booked right now. Okay, okay. Um, I actually wanted to ask you a couple of things about acting. Sure, um, go ahead. Because I I done uh I've done two little little acting spots in my okay. life, and I had so much fun with it. Yeah. So the way I kind of compare it is very is kind of similar to fighting. Yeah. Where you get in front of the camera, right. it's almost like getting into the ring, and they're like, "Ready, go!" And you either got to do it, True. or you don't. Yeah. And luckily, in acting, you could say cut. And fighting, if you if you're not you doing it, cut. there's no there's no cuts. Right. You're fighting except for across your face. Right, exactly. But uh, I I got I I got a real rush out of it. I found it real I found it really fun to be like ready go, and then you have yeah. to do your thing at the time. Like I, I I thought it was really interesting. Well, definitely we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about that because if you want acting is the same, acting is the same as you got to train. You got to train. You have to practice. You yeah. have to practice. You have to practice. Acting is I always tell people it's the hardest, easiest thing you'll ever try. It looks easy. But it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. The idea is exactly like boxing or fighting. The more relaxed you are, the mm. better you'll be. That makes a lot the of sense. The more relaxed you are as an actor, because what do you use? You're using yourself. Right. So you have to be, if you're, if you're nervous when you say your lines, you look like you're acting. Right. You can't be thinking too much, right? No. What you have to be. Not yeah. just think, e. I'm going to say these lines and I, I'm going to wait for his response. I don't know what he's going to say, but I'm going to get my lines out. You know, it's like, it, it's a thing you have to train. But the more you do it, it's like anything else, the better you get. Right. The better you get. And I do these. And, and your I, wife teaches yeah, acting as well, right? I teach. I do these you, master classes. You teach classes. as well. Okay, cool. I do master classes twice a year. Uh, three times a year. But when I do one, the next time I do one in New York, I'll, I'll, you can Let come. Let me know. I would you love to. You can come. You could audit the class and watch it. I would love that. And thank see you. if it's something that you, you know, you want to do. Yeah. Thank you. You know, see, you say, look at it and say, you know what? I could, you know, and then you let me know. Yeah. You know, you audit the class three days, uh, three hours a day. When's your next one? It's a master class. The next one is in, uh, I got to find out. It's a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, the... 20, uh, 34 West 27th Street, one-on-one. -on -one. You just call up there. I think my next one is September. We'll run it on the screen. We'll run so it, it on gets the screen. Gets I'll do it. I don't remember my next one, but I know it's coming up soon. Okay. But I'll, I'll invite you. Come ah, I'd love to. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. No, yeah, you really teach cool. me a few holes, and I'll teach you You got it. Anything. You got it. 100%. Mickey, that would be great. Mickey Gall, right? Yes, sir. Mickey How do you spell Gall. that? 
G A L L. Mickey like the mouse. Mickey like the mouse, and this is a tough mouse here, kid. <laughs> Mickey Gall, come and see this guy. When you hear him on the card, come and see Mickey Gall. Great guy, great kid. I call you a kid because I'm a lot older than you hope you don't mind. You can call me whatever you want. You know, and we're going to get him. We're gonna you just call me a mouse. I mean, it's no, all right. No, no, I didn't call you a mouse. <laughs> we're going to get you. We're going to give you some things. Sandy Blue Eyes, make sure he gets uh, some of this so you take it to your family. Yeah, Mickey, that'd be you're, great. You're a great guy. You're a gentleman. And uh, I wish you much success as a UFC fighter. But I also wish you, wish you much success in life. Thank you. And but coming from a living legend like you, well, thank you. Uh, it means a lot. Like you, the, the whole I hope you know your contribution too to all us East Coast people. Well, like you, you. You, you know, you're really a trailblazer. And the, even the way, like we didn't get into it, but even just the way you went about and had your, held your guns and, yeah. uh, and got what you wanted and, and carved out your piece right. of life, it, yeah. it's, it's really very inspiring. I appreciate that. And, and well, I'll tell you, wait, what is this? Here. Uh, January 29th, if you're in town, you want to come and see the show, you'll be my guest. January 29th, the Paramount Theater in Huntington, Long Island. I'll be there. Sandy Blue Eyes will be there selling the merchandise. Mickey Gall, you're a gentleman. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. All Appreciate right, my you. Pleasure. Likewise. All right. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be back.